On today's episode of The Corner Booth, Mulraney and I are discussing all things baseball. The Mookie Betts possible extension with the Dodgers, we give you our division winners, we give you our MVP, Cy Young picks, who's going to win the National League, who's going to win the American League, and who will reign victorious at the end of this 60-game season, who will be the world champion. That's all coming up on The Corner Booth, but first, a word from our sponsor, Novice Clothing Company. We're all about supporting local business on this show, and I'm blown away by Novice Clothing Company and the original authentic work being done for athletes of all ages and teams of all sizes. Based in Albany, the Bernardo brothers have lived through playing in uncomfortable athletic gear, too big, too small, too thick, and in upstate New York, not thick enough. Novice Clothing Company doesn't outsource for its apparel. They produce it themselves, ensuring the best apparel possible while cutting out the middleman and saving you money. Parents, coaches, and booster clubs do what we do here at Procrastination Sports, and let's support local business. Get started at NoviceClothingCompany.com and on Instagram at NoviceClothingCompany and get ready to claim your crown. An additional feature of this episode, we have an interview with uh, co-owner Garrett Bernardo uh, of Novice Clothing, so check that out in this episode as well. All right, everybody, sit back and relax. It's time for the corner booth. Let's roll. It is episode 27 of the Corner Booth presented by Procrastination Sports. It's our baseball-filled episode. We also have a guest uh, we talked to over the phone, Garrett Bernardo of Novice Clothing. All right, we're joined on the phone now by Garrett Bernardo, CEO and Creative Director of Novice Clothing. Uh, Garrett, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. I really, uh, really appreciate it and excited to, to chat. So, like, we, uh, you know, we talk about you guys a lot on our podcast, trying to get people, uh, you know, to know to, to know what you guys are doing. But I guess coming from you, I, I, we were interested, and our listeners probably interested, to know, like, the mission of Novice Clothing, how this got started, and, you know, what this means to you and Nick, your brother, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, the cool thing about it is it started just as a hobby. You know, Nick, my brother Nick and I were playing college baseball at the University of Maine. And for uh, after my freshman year, we were playing summer ball in New Jersey. And we were subleasing an apartment from one of uh, a, a lacrosse player at Rutgers, who we didn't even know at the time. But we got to know him a little bit over that summer, and we thought of this idea of selling tanks and crew neck sweatshirts on, on our respective campuses. Hmm. And so uh, we had this crown as, as our logo, and novice was Latin for fresh and new beginnings. So we thought that that would be a cool way to just kind of, if we made it, you know, the Latin word, the Latin root of uh, fresh, being novice, we thought it was just a fun thing to sell to our teammates and see what we could do. So Nick and I ended up going back to Maine that next school year. Our buddy Scott was at Rutgers. We started just going around the locker room selling selling tank top and crews. And the funny thing is, like, I remember, I don't know, what part of me this was coming from, but I was walking around the locker room asking what they wanted, not did they want, like... I think we might have lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, um, I was just saying, we were, we were walking uh, around the locker room, and I, I just remember asking my teammates, you know, which color they wanted, instead of, do you want a sweatshirt? It was, <laughs> you want the red or the navy? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thankfully, they were super supportive, and it was kind of one of those things on campus where some athletes were wearing it, other people wanted it, and um, 
I was just kind of drawing designs in my notebook while I was at school, and people would be like, hey, when's the new novice gear coming out? And I was like, uh, oh, uh, it's coming right up, a couple more weeks. <laughs> and, uh, and so, really, uh, after we saw it, you know, kind of be a, a trend on campus, we were like, you know, we might be able to do do something with this, and we started to, to sell to, like, a surf shop up, up north, and we are doing a little bit of the retail game for the first few years, but then, uh, it's hard to make money that way, so we we pivoted and we kind of had the light bulb go off, and we were like, you know what? Our network is the sporting world, and all our buddies and teammates are going off and becoming coaches. And um, we figured, why don't we take our apparel that we're making and offer our own exclusive products to our buddies or these coaches out there coaching AAU or uh, summer ball teams or school teams. And give them the ability to customize it how they want. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of the blessing in it was that our other buddy Scott, he was in the fashion world, um, working with Siva, and we were able to learn a lot from him. And um, you know, eventually we got linked up with manufacturers, so we built up a relationship with overseas, and uh, just started to curate our own product line. So, um, we thought, you know. Once we really saw our company start to kick up a little bit and uh, people started to take an interest, we thought, you know, there's no better way um, to do something than to make an impact with what you, you love doing. So we, uh, the crown stood for perseverance. And it was from a verse that Nick and I, during our playing days, it was about persevering in trial and claiming the crown that God promises to those who are faithful to him. And, uh, we thought, you know, this is a this isn't just something that only we can relate to. This is everybody has their own story and trials that they face, and we thought it'd be cool to use our unique product line, the stuff that we were designing, to give someone that impression, like, you know, this is different. You know, I, I want I want to know what's what's going on with this brand. So um, we've been able to use our brand to to do that to support other mission driven initiatives and you know get behind tournaments, golf tournaments that are supporting good causes like Parkinson's disease and raise money with volleyball tournaments for cancer research. So um, it's fun for us now really to take, you know, it was a hobby at first, but now it's it's really the combination of all our passions and sports, uh, of faith and making an impact and, and designing cool gear. So um, that was just kind of, that's kind of where we are now. And we specialize definitely in the high school and college demographic, and we branched into the professional athlete realm, um, working with some teams and athletes. So, um, yeah, we've seen it come full full circle for sure. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff to ask you about because I'm interested in a lot of what you guys are doing. So we'll get into a lot of it, but I I did want to ask you, uh, you, you you mentioned kind of the charitable causes that you guys are you know helping out. Um, I mean the volleyball tournament that you. I mean you guys have been doing that forever. How did that? How, how did that? How did that translate from you know just some fun that you guys were doing in your backyard to actually turning it into something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of the cool thing too is we've seen like all the different parts of our life come together and we've been able to implement it into our business. So the volleyball tournament started when my brother Nick had a graduation party. <laughs> he was graduating high school, and we had a volleyball net put up across our, our side yard basketball court. 
so that after uh, his grad party, we were like, dang, this is so much fun. We should, uh, we should start a tourney with our neighbors and stuff. So, uh, I mean, Kev, you probably remember back when we were playing South Troy. We, that was when we were just getting going yeah. um, with it. And uh, we just, yeah, we, we got like 12 buddies to be captains. And, and uh, we're like, all right, we're going to have a double elimination tournament. And we wanted to do it do it big from the start so we had our buddies that were refereeing and um a dj and a, a little food like we'd have like a food truck some years so um it had all of the, the the right dna to become something bigger so last year was actually our 10th year and uh we thought you know there's no better way to to celebrate the 10th anniversary since we started um by putting the cause behind it and then just kind of how life was was lining up my my aunt was battling cancer stage four cancer at the time and our our business partner scotty his mom had just passed away from cancer um months before that and so it was just kind of uh like automatic we were like you know what there's we want to pay tribute to um our aunt and scotty's mom so we, we threw together this tournament and really it was it was all a new experience for us getting corporate sponsors to come behind but people once we put it out there that this is what we're doing people came together and really supported it and it was really like a matter of a month we were able to raise over six grand for cancer research and treatment through the uh, jimmy fund that's awesome so yeah and that's only going to keep getting bigger too i would assume so that's i mean i mean that's great for your guys first year doing that with a you know a cause behind it that's yeah. excellent um you know, you mentioned about, you know, taking the business kind of overseas and international. What was that like? Was that kind of a surreal experience? I saw, you know, following you guys on social media, being in Dubai and whatnot. I mean, what is that yeah. like? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like, you can never write the scripts. I never would think that I would be riding camels in the desert, Dubai <laughs> desert, with, yeah. with manufacturers. And, uh, but that's just been kind of the... I don't know. I, I can't say say just the blessing of it. Like we uh, really bonded with our manufacturers. They're they're young brothers just like us, and uh, getting to build our, our product line and really plan for the year ahead. Um, you know, I I got to travel over to Dubai. I've been there twice, um, and then I've been to Sri Lanka with one of our other manufacturers. Um, just learning a ton about the whole industry and. Um, yeah, it gets, it gets me fired up because I, I go over there and you know, I see all these things that we can bring back to our customer base. And, um, you know, it's it's been real fun for us now. And kind of, you know, our, our vision and mission is to be able to do this worldwide someday. So, yeah. you know, it makes the world a, a smaller place when you're, you're traveling across the country, across the world, <laughs> and doing business and um, it's like a lot of different people from all over the world that are coming together to help make this thing tick. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, I love your guys' logo. I think everything you guys put out there, everything is cool. It's, you know, sharp looking. It's, it seems like you guys have your finger on the pulse of everything. You know, I'm not much into style. Garrett's like a good looking guy. You know, Garrett doesn't have much, <laughs> Garrett doesn't have much problem looking good, but like, even for me, like I like everything you guys put out there. So how important is it, you know, for you guys to, it's obviously your company, but how important is it that you have, you know, the creative design ability too? you know, you know what you want to put out there and you have that opportunity to put out there anything you want to your customer base. 
Yeah, um, I think that's like that's the fun of it for me. I don't. I just. I guess like growing up and playing sports, feeling like uh, the custom apparel world was kind of like, hey, pick this sweatshirt and slap your logo on it, and yeah. that's that's all you get. You know, you get a green sweatshirt with your your school's logo, and then you're done. But um, for me, the thrill is like you know getting to build it up from scratch and knowing just what I know. Um, from the sporting world and kind of being very observant, um, it's it's fun to like try new things and then give the customer the power to really create the products where they could change sleeve colors or thread colors or whatever and, and get something that they're really proud to wear. So um, I think that has just been something that's um, we've kind of learned more about ourselves as a company, like the thrill of it for us in the beginning was getting to build something up from scratch and then I think everybody likes to have the ability to do something their own and make it how they, they envision so we pride ourselves on giving the customer, customer the ability to, to do that yeah, so sure. how has it been um, dealing with business during the pandemic how has that affected you guys what are some new things you've been trying or has that been has it been tough I mean yeah yeah um, I mean, we pretty much said if we can get through this, I'm not sure there's going to be anything worse. <laughs> you know, yeah. With uh, our bread and butter being the sports market um, and every sport from the professional level down being shut down, that was a, that was a big trial for us. But it was also you know a challenge for us to face and see what we're made of. So we definitely got creative and we're able to expand our business in new ways and it's really just like anything in life you know something one door closes another opens and we put a lot of effort and energy into our social media and just our our internal systems trying to prep for when things get back together and i mean even something as simple of simple as uh doing a trick shot challenge on social media just to engage the audience and keep people you know letting them know that we're still alive and trying to have fun um i think that's big like if you you believe in yourself enough other people are going to believe in you too so we're still around it's just once sports do ramp up um and get back into it we'll we'll be ready to rock and in the meantime we're we're finding ways to get creative to keep ourselves afloat and, and make the most of it yeah, I mean, we know what you mean. I mean, we started a sports blog a month before a pandemic hit, so we've been uh, <laughs> we've been we've been trying to find content as well. But no, I mean, you guys are. I want to tell everybody to go check these guys out. You know, novice novice clothing company. Make sure you check them out on Instagram, all that good stuff, because their social media presence is great. I think Mike's got a question for you here, Garrett, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first off, congrats on starting a company right under the NCAA's nose. That's big. Um, and then beyond that, we uh, we were talking about this on our show last week that you guys hooked up with Harrison Butker from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, now Super Bowl champion after the last year. Um, how'd you guys get hooked up with him? Did you were you guys send them out some soccer socks and saw his name on the send tag? Like, how do you get hooked up with you guys? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Well, um, actually, Nick and I we were at this conference in January. I'm Phoenix, Arizona, and it was through an organization that I had worked for the past couple of years um, called Focus, 
And I was at this conference, and Nick and I were one of the preferred vendors. We, we do a lot of apparel for Focus as an organization. So we had a booth there, and while I was standing at the booth, a guy came up to me and said, Hey, uh, I'd love to uh, get to know you a little bit and hear more about your company that you're around it to talk. And so I ended up sitting down for coffee with him when we're talking. He said, I'm, I'm the manager of Harrison Milker, kicker um, <laughs> for the Chiefs. And I had, to be honest, I had uh, known a little bit of, of Harrison Milker. Um, I mean, I'm a Giants fan. That a boy. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I, I just, like, I had heard of him, um, especially with the Chiefs being pretty hot around that time of year. They were fighting for the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, once he told me that, he was like, yeah, Harrison, we've been talking about doing something with, with having his own line. And once he told, like, once he heard from me that we do custom apparel and we curate some stores for, we've done it for programs and stuff, we thought, you know, this might be real cool to do for Harrison. And we had actually, um, just like a couple months earlier, got in touch with a U.S. Olympic center through working with another program and we had made a store for her so we were able to say hey you know we're already working with an olympic athlete uh really long story short his manager was like hey i I think you uh you guys would hit it off with harrison he's only 24 years old and so it was just you know in talks after that initial meeting nick and i ended up flying out to kansas city to meet with harrison at his house and um you know, we surprised him with some products. We put his logo on it, and uh, he was just—he was fired up. I mean, yeah. just like any any young twenty-four-year-old uh, kid, you know, he's trying things on and just like loving the material and the styles and asking a bunch of questions. And we, Nick and I, literally were there maybe for twenty-four hours, if that. But um, spent a full day with him and talked to him about what he's looking for, what we do. Then we just, on the spot, started to build a product line with him. And uh, he's like a very disciplined guy. I mean, obviously a professional athlete, any professional athlete is, but he's, he's pretty exceptional in a lot of ways. So we, we kind of had the natural, we, we clicked naturally just as, as like brothers almost. And so that, that was going for us. And then we started to draw some mutual connections because he went to Georgia Tech and Nick's wife had worked at Georgia Tech. And so we had friends with some of you know their friends. So it was just kind of everything was starting to jive together. And um, yeah, we started to, to work on this line together. And I don't think if Harrison wasn't the guy that he is, it really wouldn't have worked the way it has because he was... One thing he told me that really kind of left an impression was like, hey, you know, I've, I've been trying to have my own brand for a while, but I, I never could find something that I was really proud of, you know, like a, a company that I could be, felt, felt like it was a part of me. I want to work with you guys because you guys just feel like a family. And, um, you know, he, he, he's a professional athlete with other uh, contracts and stuff, but he's put that aside to, to come full pull on with us and um we couldn't be more grateful it's just like it's been an awesome experience yeah i mean for you know where you guys are and i mean 
you know, only being a few years into your business to have a guy like that, you know, he'll be wearing your stuff around in an NFL locker room. I mean, that's kind of the gift that keeps on giving, I think. Um, and kickers yeah. played forever. Yeah, exactly. Morton Anderson was kicking out like 44. <laughs> yeah, he'll be wearing that for a long time. That's the hope, yeah. Um, so what's, you know, what's, uh, you know, obviously like you were talking about the, you know, the, the jerseys for a while, the customization were your bread and butter. But now, I mean, you're branching out into something having, you know, an NFL player wearing your stuff. People are going to see that, ask questions about it. You know, and I love all your apparel. Is the next step for you guys to to stay focused on the customization aspect of it, or is it now going to branch out into a lot of other different stuff? Yeah, um, that's a good question. We, we definitely, I think we pride ourselves on being really versatile. Um, but we had, like, you know, you got to have your strong base. And, um, our bread and butter definitely is the high school, college market. We're just doing team sportswear uniforms so we always want to keep that as as our backbone but now with you know having a couple professional athletes working with them it's opening doors to where um we want to we want to build a team of athletes you know and, and build a dynamic team of people that are just at the top of their game and making a positive impact on the communities around them so you know harrison and, and dagmara they both have have a you know a great reach, and they're going to attract the right people. So we're excited to see where it takes us. And you know, right now with with everything just being fresh off of launching Harrison's line, we're we're kind of just taking in everything that you know anybody that's reaching out to us and, and soaking it in. And, and uh, we're excited about how we can branch off. Um, when do when do we got uh, when are we thinking golf golf polos are coming? That's what I need. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're being they're being made currently. <laughs> Good, I'll be all over those. Cause last year last year the boys at Novice hooked me up and I wore a couple of their hats for a tournament I played in down here. I'm a you know playing some golf tournaments as you guys know that listen and. I played like shit, so I need to, uh, you know, I gotta, I've, I've got to redeem myself. I can't, I, I can't be, uh, I can't be disgraced and novice like that. So I got to get some new gear and uh, represent you guys. But um, you know, man, uh, you know, having Olympian Super Bowl champions, that's that's uh, pretty cool. But like you mentioned earlier, briefly, I've known Garrett for a, a long time. We played summer ball together back in the day, growing up as when we were teenagers. And I can firmly say that Garrett's one of the nicest guys I know. And, uh, buddy, I wish nothing but the best for you, for your company. And uh, I'm proud of uh, I'm proud of you guys. And I uh, wish you nothing but continued success, man. Thanks, Kev. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to be, you know, connecting and, and talking. Uh, this has just been uh, a lot of fun for me. And I appreciate you guys having me on. It's fun. So, I hope I, I can get down there and play some both of you guys too. Yes, please. Whenever you want, you let me know. In, yeah. Open invitation, buddy. Tell Nick I said hi. Uh, tell the fam I said hi. And uh, thanks. Do. And uh, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, Thank you. All right. All right. Michael, how you doing, man? Today is a big day. It is as we record this. It is baseball 2.0 evening. Um. We are getting ready for the big day tomorrow. When this is released, you guys will be getting settled in, ready to go for a big baseball season. 
and we get game one of 60, pretty much 60 games in 60 days, uh, pretty much. So baseball is back. How are we feeling? I'm feeling great. I, uh, I don't feel great about my Mets, who got smoked by the Yankees in two preseason games or preseason 2.0 games. I am feeling great about seeing baseball. I'm already excited about tomorrow, Thursday night, with two games between Giants-Dodgers and Nationals-Yankees. It's going to be everything we've hoped it's going to be and more. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good to see professional sports back. You know, we've had golf, we've had horse racing, but this is the real deal. One of the four major sports is back. So let's talk first how you're going to watch these games. I, I, we didn't go over this in the pre-show, but it's a good thing to let everybody know. So it looks like they are going to be uh, not giving us the MLB package uh, for free, as we were hoping. Um, it looks like it's going to cost, depending on who your provider is, it's going to cost between 45 and $75 for the season to get 60 games. Um the problem is I'm a Los Angeles Dodgers fan, so yeah, I'll probably get 10, 15 nationally televised games throughout the 60-game slate, but those other 45 or so, I need to watch them. So I'm going to be getting it. Um, and you'll only be paying apparently $1 to $1.5 per game. Right. Yeah, so it'll be I a mean, buck, a buck fifty per game. You got to do it. I mean, I usually, it usually cost me like 189 bucks, I think, for the 162 game slate. Um, that's so that gives you the opportunity to watch everybody. I know some of the providers are doing uh, team only, so you can just get your team package. But with doing the show and the blog, I need to see everybody, so I'm going to get the full package. Um, for you, you're still in New York, so it's nice you still get to watch the Mets every night. For me, I don't have that luxury, so I've got to uh, get the package in order to see the Dodgers. So I'll be purchasing that this evening, um, trying to figure out if I'm going to do it on the big screen TV upstairs in my man cave, or if I'm actually just going to get it on the computer and then stream it whenever I want, because it's a little cheaper if you get it on the computer, it looks like here from what I'm reading. And with the Dodgers playing so late at night, I kind of like to just chill in bed or lay down and put the game on and, you know, not have to sit in front of the TV without laying in bed. So that's where I'm at with. So I'm going to get it. We've talked about it a few times on the show, whether or not people be buying it. But you know, when the chips are down, I'm going to get it. So, are you? What's your home market? Are you Braves uh, home market? I am. The we get Nationals and we get the Braves usually. Where okay. I am. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they get the Orioles on, but mostly it's Nationals. Yeah. And Nationals and Braves, they get every game. Which is kind of weird because you don't get one of the American League teams, but we get two full National League teams. Yeah. Um, the, I would say down here where I am, I would say you get a lot of Yankee fans because so many Northerners coming down. Um, but I would say that there's more Braves fans than anything, even with the Nationals winning the World Series, uh, mostly Braves fans down here. Um, so let's get into it. So I just wanted to give you guys a little rundown of where you can get the games, obviously. MLB Extra Innings, check it out. Your provider will tell you, or MLB.tv. All right, so big news for me, Mike. You've reported it to me, and since then it has picked up a shit ton of steam. Uh, Mookie Betts and the Dodgers are not only negotiating, it seems like by potentially game time tomorrow they will have an extension in place that will include the 2020 season. 
before we started recording, Jeff Passan has reported that it's not 10 years. It's 13 years wow. at, where's the number? I had it right here. 380, I think is the total. 380. Yep, you got it. 13 years at 380. So that's like 29 mil a year, right? Is that what that comes out to? That seems like math. Yeah. So can you imagine? I mean, I'm thrilled. This is what you want as a fan, right? I'm a Dodger fan. They have a ton of money. This is what you want. We've talked about it. We've never understood fans that are like, why are we spending all this money? Spend all the money. As a fan, you want your team to be able to compete for world championships every year. And by signing bets, the Dodgers will, I think, guarantee themselves the next 10 years they will be competitive to win a world championship with him and Bellinger. They will be very, very good uh, for the next long period of time uh, and hopefully get over that hump and finally win a title or I'm going to go crazy. But I think this is the right move for the Dodgers. But if you're a Red Sox fan, you've got to just be kicking yourself. Betts is going to take less money than he than then he's going to take the hometown discount with the Dodgers that he offered the Red Sox. Everybody thought that if the, that, that if the Red Sox let him go, he went to the Dodgers, he played this season and neither signed a deal with the Dodgers or went out in the open market, he would get a lot more money. And that's why the Red Sox couldn't get to that number. When in fact, he is going to sign either the exact money he was asking for with the, with, with the Red Sox or he's going to take even less money to stay with the Dodgers. And if you're a Red Sox fan, that's really got to rub you the wrong way. And to me, that means that management must have really pissed him off because what it's showing right now is, for Mookie, maybe it's not as much about money as we once made it out to be. Um, you know, he felt like he deserved an amount of money. The Red Sox said no, said that we can't afford him what the extension is going to be. Well, that's not true anymore, and this makes the Red Sox look even worse. People were pissed when they got rid of Mookie. Well, now they're going to be really pissed because it looks like he's going to take less money um, to stay with the Dodgers. It's It has to be damning for Red Sox fans because the Red Sox and the Dodgers are two A1 Major League Baseball cornerstone franchises that can print their own money. I mean, they're shoehorning new seats into Fenway Park all the time so they can get more money out of this franchise. 15 years ago, they put those seats on top of the monster. They're putting more seats and places in the stadium. Fenway's 120 years old, but they're finding new places to jam seats. And everybody, everybody pays to see that. You can't get tickets there for years and seasons and seasons because they're so good. Every year, everybody comes because the ballpark's a piece of history. And then for them to say they didn't have the money to rub Mookie the wrong way, there were reports today that last season, Mookie and the Red Sox were never closer than $100 million on what they were asking for. The Red Sox didn't want to go above 10 years. Back then, Mookie only wanted 12 from what some of the reports were saying. So he actually took another year with the Dodgers over his Red Sox ask right. for less annual pay, which in a 60-game season, if Mookie came out, hit 380 with 12 home runs and was the National League MVP, he could get 20 or $30 million more million but chose to not take the chance and stay in Los Angeles. Right. Los Angeles is paying big New York Yankees kind of salaries to guys. They want to win. 
They feel bad for what they did to Kershaw for him dragging teams to the playoffs his whole career and not having anything left in the tank in late September and October. So they're trying to put these guys out there that will give him a chance. And Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger together in the outfield for the next decade, any team in the league is, gonna, is envious of that position. 100%. So this is what the Dodgers lineup will look like. if they. I mean, obviously for this year, but if they sign Betts to a long-term deal with which, according to Twitter, it's like done. This is just kind of, they're going through the motions right now. But according to everything that's coming through right now, I'm looking at the screen as we do this, they say that this is a formality, that this is going to be done. Yeah. So you got Betts, right? Young guy, Muncie, pretty young. Turner at the end of his rope here, probably a couple more years. Bellinger, young. Peterson, young. Seeger, Smith. And they got Gavin Lux, who they still, I think, have faith in, but they did option him down. So... I mean, they have an outfield of Peterson, Bellinger, and Betts who could hit 90 homers for the next five years, uh, a year. I mean, when we're playing a 162-game season. They're all capable of 30 or more bombs out of just their outfield. Uh, You know, they're going to be approaching the 100 mark with outfield homers for the next five years. This team is going to be very good, and I don't care. If it takes 13 years to get bets on the Dodgers, by all means do it. I want bets and Bellinger for the next 10 years. I do. And I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so that's the big news. But now let's turn our attention to the 2020 season. 60-game uh, season starts tomorrow. Obviously, the big rule change is the DH is going to be universal, AL and NL. Uh, division. Uh, the schedules will be made up of division games and then the opposite leagues division so for example the Mets playing the NL East they will only be playing NL East and ALS AL East teams this season so let's start there with the divisions Mike um we'll pick our division winners and then we'll move into the MVP Cy Young categories and then we'll talk uh some World Series picks and how everything's going to shake out so let's just start and we'll start in the American League we'll go with the AL East uh, obviously, we've got the Yankees, Sox, Rays, Orioles, and Blue Jays. It seems that cons- that the consensus pick by everyone is that the Yankees are the team to beat. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a blog with all my picks, but I reserve the right to change them here as I feel fit. So let's get to it. Who do you like winning the AL East this season? So the AL East, if we're looking at the odds here, the Yankees in the opening – Kind of here at the opening, well, at the Bavada, they're minus 265, heavy favorite. Next closest is Tampa Bay at plus 280. And they have the Red Sox, uh, the Bavada's further down the Red Sox and the other books, but they're plus 1,200. Um, and then Toronto's plus 2,800. Baltimore is plus 20,000, which isn't even worth $1 to bet on the Orioles. Because they stink. They might win 11 games out of the 60. Um, I don't know what the over-under on Orioles wins is. But whatever it is, the answer is the under. I think that there's a chance that Tampa Bay in a shortened season could come up and sneak up on the Yankees. So if you're looking to make money on a bet, I like Tampa Bay plus 280. I think the smart money is the favorite on the Yankees to win the division. I just watched them kill my Mets twice in the two preseason games. So I think that the Yankees and all of that power, I think Claybor Torres is going to be a top five MVP guy. So I think the Yankees are going to win the ALS. 
Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Um, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I, I want the Rays to win because I hate the Yankees, but I think the Yankees have too much firepower. Um, I just think they mash the ball. And, you know, I think what's going to happen is without crowds, these teams that are able to hit the homer are going to be better off because I think without the crowd, you're not going to be able to rely on a lot of momentum, stringing rallies together. I think it's going to be a lot of long balls that get you over the hump. You know, a lot of three-run homers. The Yankees are more than capable of doing that. Sanchez, Stanton, Judge, Torres, and Duhar, they're going to mash the ball. I'm going to take the Yankees uh, to win the AL East as well. All right, let's go to the AL Central. Who do you like in the AL Central? So the AL Central, we're looking at the Twins are the favorite at minus 150. You're then looking at the Cleveland Indians at plus 300. White Sox at plus 325. Kansas City at plus 8,000. And the Tigers are at plus 12,500. Detroit might be the worst team ever assembled this year. Them having, I don't know one player on the other than Miguel Cabrera. I don't know one player on the yeah. team. And Cabrera, they just can't get rid of that contract because he's now 40-something no. years old. Um, Minnesota, I think you're on to something here with the, with the lack of fans. The teams that build rallies... They're not going to be able to kind of feed off the crowd noise as much. The teams that hit home runs, I think it affects them less. I do think the White Sox are still a trendy pick here. I like Tim Anderson. He won the batting title last year. I think he's a sneaky MVP underdog. So I'm going to go with the White Sox. I think the Indians are going to have a very good year. I'm also interested to see whether Cleveland gets... uh, Tangled up in kind of the changing the name controversy because they've mentioned that kind of stuff this year. If that's going to draw any attention away from the team. Minnesota, they hit a ton of home runs. They hit a ton of home runs last year. I don't know if we'll see that again from Nelson Cruz and those guys. If they can kind of have sustained offense the way we see with the Yankees and their home runs, I might buy into that a little more. But for me, I'm going to take the White Sox and I'm going to take them at plus 325. Yeah, I love the White Sox. If I'm if I'm if I, if I'm looking for a for a money value in the AL Central, I 100% agree. I take the White Sox. I like this team a lot. Um, there's just something about the Indians. Terry Francona got them playing loose. I think that in a shortened season, a manager is also going to make a huge impact. Uh, you know, we talk about how the MLB manager has been dialed down a little bit with all the analytics and stuff now. Um, but I will always say that there's a place for a good manager in baseball. I still think Terry Francona might be the best manager in all of baseball. So in a shortened season, trying to make these guys focus and make them realize that this is a sprint, whoever gets out early uh, is probably going to make the postseason. I like the Indians uh, to win the AL Central. I, I do like the Twins, too. I think there's three good teams in this division. There could potentially be three teams in the playoffs from this division. Yeah. Uh, the Twins need to show it to me again. Last year, they were they had a good team, hit a, hit a lot of homers. I want to see it again before I jump uh, with two feet into that with you know second-year manager Rocco Baldelli. They got some new changes going with the, with the starting rotation, Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill there, both guys that I've seen very closely that can be very good. 
but are also ineffective at times. They need to stay healthy. Um, if they don't, that pitching rotation is going to be in a tough spot because they don't really have a shut-you-down type of guy. So with saying that, I think the White Sox can be very exciting, but I just like the experience of the Indians. I think they're going to be a little hungry, not getting to the postseason last year, and a guy like Frank Cohn is going to do them a lot of good. So I'm going Indians. Um, AL West, interesting division. I think the Rangers are going to be pretty bad in that division, but you do have some decent teams. The Angels, Astros, uh, Athletics. Who do you like in the AL West? In the AL West, the, uh, the AL West, the favorites are the Houston Astros at minus one sixty at the Bovada. Coming up in second are the A's at plus two fifty. The Angels at plus six fifty. The Rangers are plus eighteen hundred. Seattle's at plus sixty six. I think your value bet here isn't so much the A's as the Angels. Short season, Otani, Trout, they have a lot of talent there. I know typically the Angels are right around 65, 70 wins anyway. This kind of season is right there. <laughs> you know, right at their value of where the amount of wins they get every year anyway. Um, I think in the shortened season here, they're a team that traditionally starts pretty good. I like them at plus 650. But my pick to win the division is Houston. As long as they win that division, as long as they're still in that division, I think that the long period off between everybody calling them scumbags in March and having four months where nobody was talking about them, we were talking about Rob Manfred and how bad he is at his job for reasons other than not suspending any of the Astros. So I think Houston this year avoided the worst of their controversy where I believe back on the original pregame show, I took Oakland. Now I'm taking Houston because all of that negative press has kind of fallen off to the wayside. I don't think they're going to be as distracted. I think they have the most talent in that division, even though they lost Garrett Cole. So I'm going to take Houston to continue to win this division. I think I took the Angels when we did this, and I'm taking Houston as well. Uh, I think the biggest thing... I mean, I agree with everything you said, but one of the biggest things that you didn't mention is that they're not going to play in front of fans, and I thought that was going to be the, yeah. the toughest the toughest haul for them to get over. Uh, they still have a good roster. I mean, I know they cheated, but they still have talented players on that team. you got to think about it. When the Astros cheating scandal broke, that was national news, not just in the sports world. That was national news uh, you know, on, on 60 Minutes, on, on the evening news. Yeah. We've had a lot in this country that has overtaken cheating in baseball, and they've got to... Uh, you know, not be front page news for months. And I think that's going to do them a lot of good. Say what you will about Dusty Baker in the postseason. The guy knows how to win regular season games. Uh, I like I, I like Dusty Baker, um, former Dodger, but I like Houston. I think they got too much talent in a shortened season. They got a lot of firepower. They still got a loaded rotation, even without Cole, as long as Verlander and Granke are healthy. I like Houston, and I like them by a decent margin in that division. If you're looking for the value pick, Mike's right. I would say go with the Angels, but... They don't have any pitching, so that'll be tough. Um, I like the Astros. All right, uh, let's go wild card number number one. So who has who has the best? Who's going to be hosting the wild card game? I think the best. I think the team with the highest likelihood of being the number one wild card team is or is Tampa Bay. They did mm -hmm. it last year. They won ninety six games last year. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. It's official. The Dodgers have signed outfielder Mookie Betts to a twelve year contract through two thousand thirty two. There you go. That's breaking news. 
And then, uh, so I, I like Tampa Bay. They won 96 games last year. They somehow managed to always, or at least in recent years, win a ton of games with you being unable to name a ton of their players. Um, I think even in a shortened year like this, how much money you spend isn't as important. It's getting guys on the same page. It's, you know, the kind of small ball, money ball stuff that the Rays do, that the Oakland does. So I think Tampa Bay has the best chance of being the one wild card. Just for their roster is incredibly similar to what it was last year. I think they're bringing a lot of guys back from a near 100-win team. I wouldn't imagine that they're too far off the pace they were last year. I 100% agree with you. I love I I love Tampa. Um, I like this team a lot. If I wasn't a Dodger fan, I'd probably be a, a Tampa Bay Rays fan. I love that area of the country. I love Clearwater Beach. I love St. Petersburg. I love Tampa. I wish that they had more of a following. I wish they could figure out baseball in Tampa because if they could, I think it would be a great place uh, to have a team. And I think they're going to eventually leave. But their roster this year, I like their manager. I like everything about this team. People are picking the Yankees to run away with the division. We both picked them to win the division, but I think that division is scary close, like come down to the last couple days close. I love the Rays in that division. I think the I think the Blue Jays are a little overhyped. I think it's early for them. I think uh, the Marlins are a terrible team. The Orioles are a terrible team. Um, you know, if you don't get the Grom and Syndergaard when you play the Mets, that's not a bad setup. The Red Sox, we don't know what to think out of them. So I think Tampa's going to have a good opportunity to beat up on some teams that they're just plain, plain and simple better than. And I think they win the wild card yeah. pretty easy. Um, so they'll be hosting the wild card game, playing in front of as many fans as they do normally, zero. Um, and the way, oh, I gave it away. My, my second pick is going to be the White Sox. We talked about it. I think they got a lot of explosive young guys. I think they're trendy. I might be falling into that trap, and they might suck, but I fell into the trap. I love this White Sox team. I loved them on the preview show. Uh, I like them a lot, so I'm going White Sox. Yeah, I think we're just flipping each other's AL Central winners here for the second wild card because yeah. I like Cleveland here. Uh, Tito Francona, all the reasons you said before, they missed the playoffs last year. I think they're going to be hungry. Again, I don't. I still don't buy into the Minnesota Twins' offensive explosion last year. They could make both of us look bad here and mm-hmm. hit a ton of home runs again. But mm-hmm. that kind of flash-in-the-pan offense I don't really trust. It's the same reason why I don't trust guys who have a great NCAA tournament. They fly up the NBA draft boards. I think Cleveland's got a proven model there. I think they're going to be better this year. I think they'll be the second wild card team. So let's play a fun game, Mike. Um, let's play over-unders in the American League. We don't have to go through a lot. Just say over-under, okay? I got all the over-unders. I'll ask them. We'll go through each team. Yankees, 37 and a half. Over. I agree. Astros, 35. I think it's going to take more than that to win that division, so I have to say over. I don't feel I good it, about it, but I think it's going to be over. I think it goes way over. That would probably – I maybe that's the sucker in me, but I yeah. love that right there. I would probably take that right now. Uh, yeah. What's that, 35? I'm putting it in right now. Hold on. 
sorry, this is this is this is great radio, but when you see a line like that, you got to jump on it. All right, uh, the Twins thirty-four under. I agree. Tampa thirty-four. I like the over there. Over. Oakland thirty-two and a half. I like the under. Yeah, I'll take the under there too. I just don't think they have enough firepower to be like a great team or even a de- you know this is weird. It's sixty it's, games. It's so you AL gotta West say and NL West, which might be the two best divisions. Right, exactly. And I could see that team going thirty and thirty. Yeah. Cleveland thirty-two and a half. I gotta go over if I think they're gonna win the division. Yeah. I guess I have to go over because they're my second wild card. Red Sox thirty-one and a half. Under. I think they'll be under five hundred this year. I do too, but I think it's close. I think they're gonna win like twenty-nine games. Yeah. Uh, the White Sox, 31 and a half. Over. Yep, I think over. Angels, 31. Oh my goodness, that's a good line. Uh, Perfect. Because I think there's just a shade better than being 500. But I, I'm going to have to go under if it's 31 and a half. I don't think they're five or six games better than 500. So it's, I might have misspoke, it's 31 on the dot. Oh, it's, oh, uh, Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna take an over because you can't root for the push. I, I don't feel good like, about it. I, I wouldn't think, put my own money on it, but I would no. go over. I think you're right. I think they're like a 31 in 2019. Yeah. Uh, I would go over just to give myself something to root for down yeah. the stretch, but I hate that line. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers 28 and a half. Under. I don't think they'll I, be that close to 500. I agree. I think that's under. Blue Jays 27 and a half. Uh, I feel like such a sucker because the Blue Jays have every player, son. They got Bo Bichette. They got the Biggio kid. Yeah, they got uh, Vlad Jr. Um, oh, my God. I don't think they're a 500 team. I like Ryu there. I like all the young guys. I think they're still one to two seasons away. So I'm going to take the under. I agree 100%. Um, the Dodgers have won another preseason game. There, they might they might not lose all year. So there's a fun <laughs> fact for your over under picks. If it's over 59, you might want to take them. Um, uh, I think the Blue Jays are under. I think they're a couple years away from being very good. I think with playing teams like the Yankees, the Rays, the Phillies, getting Scher- getting uh, Scherzer and Strasburg with the Nationals, the Mets, yeah. Syndergaard and Degrom. I think they're too young to score off all those guys. Uh, even the Braves are a good team, a team we haven't mentioned yet. Um, I'm going to go under for the Blue Jays. Uh, these next four teams are absolutely atrocious, and frankly, they might be four of the five worst teams in all baseball. The Royals, 25. Under. I mean, they have to play Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, and then yeah. they have to play St. Louis, Chicago. Under uh, the uh, Mariners, Cincinnati, 23 and a half. 23 and a half for the Mariners. Over. Somebody like, has to win games in the AL West. I like the over with the Mariners. I yeah. think that's a good value pick. I don't think they're going to be great at all, but I think they could win 26, 27 games. Yeah. I always get sucked in with the Mariners, though. I always think they're going to be decent. They always start like 11 and 1. Like, that's my saving yeah. grace for the over there. Yeah. Last year, I think uh, they started like 12 and 3 or something. Tigers, 22. Oh, that's way too high. They stink. They stink bad. They're, they stink like ass. I, th- I think they're a high teens team. I think they win 18 or 19 games. I think they're under. 
Yeah, but how do you take that? How do you? It's twenty <laughs> games out of sixty. But I think they're really bad. Yeah, I got to go under there too. Orioles, nineteen and a half. <laughs> oh my goodness, they might be the worst team ever constructed. But, but the eighteen Orioles is were... so few, Cat. Eighteen is so few games. Yeah, but here's a little fun fact for you. They won 54 last year. So they won less than a third of all of the games last year. So this is on pace. So let's, so let's, because I'm not a math major, what is... 50, so last year, if you broke the season down into three tiers, right? I know it's a little bit more because 162, but let's say 60, 120, 180. They averaged about 18 wins in a third. So are they going to be on that pace last year? They were historically bad, not historically, but pretty goddamn bad last year. Let me go through this roster with you quick. Let's talk a little Oriole baseball. You ready for this team? Yeah. All right, I want you to be honest. We're both baseball fans. I'm going to read a name, and you tell me if you've heard of this guy. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Here's the roster. Pedro Severino. Brian Holiday. Just speak up when you heard of somebody. <laughs> Chance Cisco. Austin Wins. Renato Nunez. Richie Martin. Hanser Alberto. Pat Vallecchia. Rio Ruiz. Andrew Velasquez. Is this the real roster? Am I being punked? Is this this feels like when you play a baseball video game? And the draft happens, and they're and they're just making up baseball this, player names. This can't be. I got to be looking at the wrong thing. Hold on, this can't be right. I got to be looking at like their 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 spring training roster. Hold on, because Baltimore Orioles roster. The only player Baltimore I think Texas. anyone knows is Chris Davis, who they gave a trillion dollars to. Okay, yeah, like they got some people I know. Trey Mancini, Chris Davis, Jose Iglesias, and then it goes bad quick. John Means, Austin Hayes, Hunter Harvey, Dwight Smith, Rio Ruiz, Andrew Velasquez, Anthony Santander, Renato Nunez, Cole Stewart, Answer Alberto, DJ Stewart. This team stinks. <laughs> they could win 15 games. They could be 15 and 45. They're not winning 19. They're not winning 19, 18 games. They're not, not winning 19 those games. Those guys. There's not even a trade deadline this year to get rid of them. There is. August, I think, is still oh, okay. not but, 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 but who, who wants, wants these bumps? guys? <laughs> no, I, I would go under 19 and a half. Yeah. 15 and 45. Going to yeah. be a long one. Uh, all right, roster, let's switch gears to the NL. If they won 15 games, I would give the manager an extension. If they win 20 games, they should build a statue for their manager outside. <laughs> who is their manager now? Do you know? Let me look. Let's see. Who is it? Brandon Hyde. Sure. Good. He's in. He's ready. Who is this? He managed them last year. and they. Good God, they stink. <laughs> He's a young bad. guy, 46 years old. I'm rooting for him, man. I hope they don't. I hope they're not horrible. Great uniforms. The Orioles have phenomenal yeah. uniforms. Great baseball town. A shame what's happened to them. Phenomenal place to watch a game. If you've never been to Camden Yards, you should One go. One of the it's a premier. Great place. Uh, that and PNC Bank Park in Pittsburgh. I want to go there too. Mike, two of, two of the that's what we got to do, man. 
next year, maybe we'll do like a couple uh, procrastination stadiums. Yeah, that would be fun. Put that in the put that in the uh, tickler file. That's a good idea. Uh, all right, let's go NL. We'll start with your division, Michael. The NL East. Go ahead. Okay, so the the there are four teams here, better than plus three seventy five odds. No true favorite. Nobody in the unders. Everybody's plus here. Atlanta's at plus 175. The Nationals are plus 250. Defending World Series champions. Not even the top tier uh, getter here. The Mets are at plus 325. Philadelphia plus 375. And if you want a bargain, the Miami Marlins are plus 10,000. There it is. There it is. But here, I felt so good about my Mets until they got smoked by the Yankees in two preseason games last weekend. Number one, they're still hitting Cano third, who's 40. Second, they're talking about letting Cespedes play the outfield over DHing, and Cespedes hasn't been cleared to run at full speed yet. Why? I don't get this. Why don't they just DH him? Who's going to DH right now? Who's their DH? So they're talking about occasionally giving... uh, it to Rosario. They're talking about giving it to Pete Alonso on days off. They just yeah, added- but Alonso is a young guy. He should play first base every single day. Yeah. And not to mention, Cespedes has been swinging the bat well. The last thing you need is him getting hurt. Then you have no offense. So the in the two in the two preseason games, Cano and Cespedes combined to hit one ball out of the infield. Um. And Cespedes can't run at full speed. He played left field in an exhibition game. No balls were really hit to him, so they couldn't tell how well he's running. He obviously didn't play last year after he definitely didn't fall off a horse at his ranch um, and somehow managed to not break his ankles. Um, And then, of course, year before in 2018, he had to have ankle surgery on both feet, which is what you want from your 37-year-old corner outfielder. Uh, Cano might be washed. I felt so good about this team um, until we went into that. I think DeGrom wins the Cy Young. Spoiler for my pick later. Uh, he'll go 2-1 and one with an ERA of 1.1 and win the Cy Young. But uh, my pick here, I don't think Philadelphia is going to be that good. They were a 500 team last year. I think that's who they are. They overpaid for Zach Wheeler for my Mets who throws 110 pitches for four and a third's innings. They don't have the bullpen to go with Philadelphia. Washington, I like, but they started slow last year. I'm worried about them in a short season. I think it's going to be Atlanta. They have a ton of firepower. Acuna is a next-level star. I think Atlanta has the pitching and the offense to kind of really get through a shortened season here. I personally think this might be one of the best divisions in baseball. Um Arguably, it is the best division in baseball. I could make that case. I think the Braves are good. I think the Phillies are going to be better than people expect. I think uh, the Nationals are going to be fine, even with losing Rendon. Um, I think the Mets are good defensively and on the mound, but their offense is extremely questionable. And the Marlins, actually, the Marlins are quietly making some moves to make them better. Not exactly right away, but they will be better than they've been in the past. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to be a huge success or a 500 team, but I think you might see them be a little bit better than everybody expects. So, look, here's the thing. This is a tough division. 
I love the Grom. I like Syndergaard. I mean, I think the Grom's the best pitcher in baseball. The Mets just don't score enough for me, though. The last few years, they just do not score enough. I think Alonzo's going to hit a lot of homers. But outside of Alonzo, what are you giving me? I got to rely on Cespedes. I got to rely on Cano. That doesn't make me feel that great. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, this has kind of been the Mets' MO the last few years. They went to the World Series in 2015, kind of had a good young team mixed in with some veterans, and then all of a sudden they abandoned shit. They kept the pitching, but started signing guys like Adrian Gonzalez, uh, you know, Cano. Uh, who else was on there? Neil Walker, right, for a little Milky bit? Cabrera I mean, they got all these old guys. On the team. Who's that? Melky Cabrera they signed. Recently? Yeah, last week. Oh, um, that's awesome. That's a phenomenal <laughs> signing. I feel like the Mets are good for picking up like Yankees like send-offs from like eight years ago. Yeah. It's a good move. Um, so I can't go with the Mets. Here's my pick. I wanted to go with the Braves, but I'm going with the Nationals, and here's why. If this was a regular 162-game season that started back in March, I wouldn't have picked the Nationals, and I didn't. I picked the Braves in our show, I believe. Because Strasburg and Scherzer got worn the hell out yeah. on the way to winning the World Series. But they've had extended rest. And I think those two guys are still very, very, very good. Uh, and having that one-two punch, that puts them up against anybody in, in, in all of baseball. Uh, I need to see a little bit more out of your boy Syndergaard this year. Because right now, I think Strasburg and Scherzer are a better one-two punch than Syndergaard and DeGrom. I think DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball. But I think the combination of Scherzer and Strasburg is better than DeGrom and uh, Syndergaard. Syndergaard's out for the year with Tommy John. That's right. So who So so who else is going there? DeGrom That's and who DeGrom, else? DeGrom, Matt, uh, Rick like Porcello, Matt. Michael Waka. It's ugly after DeGrom this year. I think Steven Matz is a little underrated. I think people give him a bad rap, but he's got to show it a little more. Um I like the Braves, though. The Braves are a good team. Yeah, They got a lot of young firepower in that lineup. But I'm going to go Nationals because they got Strasburg and Scherzer, and that one-two punch is good. Even with yeah. losing Rendon, I think Howie Kendrick's going to have to step up in that lineup a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know. They got uh, they got what's-his-face there, Juan Soto. Yeah. He's going to have to step it up. Let's see if he's for real. But I love Scherzer and Strasburg. It's tough to argue with those two. And they got other decent decent arms in that in that in that rotation too. Patrick Corbin. I yeah. think they're going to be tough to beat with that rotation. Um, what about the Phillies? We think anything about the Phillies or no? They were a 500 team last year. Um, they get a better manager though. Now they get Girardi. They yeah. signed Degorius. Harper in his second year, maybe feeling it a little bit more in Philly. Like, Real Muto. I like the Didi Gregorius signing. Uh, City Bank, uh, City uh, Citizens Bank Ballpark City, where they play yeah. uh, plays very small in the summertime. I think this Phillies team might lead the league in home runs between Gregorius and uh, Harper. They're going to hit a ton of home runs. I don't know if they're in a place pitching wise where they're going to be as good as Atlanta or Washington. I don't think they are. I think Jake Arrieta is a little over the hill. They do have decent arms, though, man. This team is not bad. They got McCutcheon, too, on the offensive side. Aaron Nola. Zach, Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta, Zach Eflin. 
That rotation's not bad. Yeah. I kind of like this team. Maybe I'm changing my pick here. Man, I don't know, man. This team is not bad. And with the DH, they could use Jay Bruce as a DH the whole yeah. season. And uh, I kind of got, I kind of got suckered into that thinking with them last year. I, uh, I saw the roster. I, I'm not getting suckered into it again. I think last year with them bringing in Harper, I thought they were going to be better than they are. They're kind of in a, you have to prove it to me with this talent situation. Screw it. I'm changing it. I'm going Philly. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Phillies. Okay. I'm going Phillies. Why not? Let's make a trendy pick here. Something different. Something different. Phillies. This is way different than my than my than my picks in the blog the other day. Phillies. That's right. The more teams you pick, the higher chance you have of being right. Bingo. So I can spin this either way. Um, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in with the Phillies. I'm in. All right. Let's switch over to the NL Central. Very interesting division. Um, I have maybe a pick you don't see coming, but I am going to take. The Cincinnati Reds to win the division. I really, really, really like this team. I like Trevor Bauer. I like Sonny Gray. I like Anthony Descalfalani, or however you say his name. Wade Miley isn't a bad arm. Luis Castillo. I like their rotation a lot. And then I think offensively, I think Votto has a better year. I like Mike Moustakis. He's kind of a rah-rah guy. Get your team going. They got Suarez. Uh, they got Freddie Galvis, a decent player. Left field, they're going to struggle. They don't really have a – their outfield is not great other than Nick Castellanos. Uh, they're going to have to get Aquino going. That, uh, he's, a good, he, he's a good young player. But I am going to kind of go out on a limb here. I don't love the Cubs. I think they're going to struggle. I'm not quite sure about the Cardinals. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Reds. Why not? I'm taking the Reds. So going through the odds here, depending on the book you go to, there is a different – Odds on favor in the central. So at the Bavada, it's plus 240 for Cincinnati as the favorite, just ahead of St. Louis. If you go to uh, bet online, you're looking at St. Louis and Chicago, both a plus 225. We're looking at uh, a couple of the other books, have Milwaukee in first. So there are different odds based on whichever book you're going to. You could probably find the most favorable odds for your individual. Uh, team of choice here, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Chicago, and Milwaukee are all kind of interchangeable as the favorites. No one has any faith in Pittsburgh. Uh, the books have them somewhere between plus 5,000 and plus 10,000. They're a really bad team, actually. Yeah, they're going to be very bad. I like... It's tough for me to get on board with Cincinnati. They don't have the best track record. If I'm going to look for a team here, I think I'm going to look at the Cubs. I think they, they're very much at the very tail end of what that lineup and team is capable of coming yeah, off the World Series now. win. This, if there's going to be a year where they're able to dig deep and push through, this is also probably their last year with Chris Bryant because he's very upset about his contract dealings with the team, about what he wants to be paid. So I think Chris Bryant's going to have a big year going into free agency. So I'm going to take the Cubs just on the back of Bryant and those guys. 
uh, a shortened year. I think they're a very veteran established team. I think Chicago would be my pick there. Okay. Uh, let's go to the NL West. Who you got in the NL West? So the NL West, there's a far and away favor at the Dodgers at minus 450. The next closest teams are Arizona and San Diego at plus 750. And then Colorado at plus 3,500, San Francisco plus 5,000. This is a Dodgers cakewalk. I think they win the division going away. They might be the first team to clinch a division. Yeah. So I think they'll win that division by six or seven games. I agree. I think it's Dodgers, and I think it's easy. I mean, it's a homer pick. Call me what you want, but I think this team's too good. Their rotation is stacked. Kershaw, Bueller, Urias, Alex Wood. No David Price, obviously. They're going to fill in that fit spot with either Dustin May, Josiah Gray, or uh, uh, Ross Stripling. Um, but you just look at this lineup. It just keeps coming at you. Will Smith, Max Muncie, uh, Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, they are just so deep. Matt Beatty, they're just going to keep coming at you with guys that can hit. I think the Dodgers win this division pretty easily. And like Mike said, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in a 60-game season, six, seven, eight games is a lot of games, and I think that's where it's going to be. I think it's going to be – I could see this team winning the division by 10 games. Uh, Dodgers, easy. All right, wild cards. Who's your first wild card? Who's hosting the wild card game? My first wild card team is going to be Washington. I am worried As about this mine. slow start. I think they'll get it figured out early enough to not run down Atlanta, but I think that they will be the first wild card team. So you're going Nationals. As am I. I'm going Nationals there. I love their one-two punch on the mound like we talked about. Uh, who'd you pick in the NL East? The Braves, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see next. Wild card number two, Mike. Who you got? And wild card number two, I'm going to take I'm going to take Cincinnati in the wild card too. Uh, I think they have enough offense to power through. This is a year where I don't think beyond your top-of-the-line rotation guy, your other starters are getting... 10, maybe 9 starts each. Uh, hitters are always two weeks ahead of the pitchers. Especially now, I think it was harder for pitchers to stay in shape and to throw during quarantine than it was for batters to stay in shape, get some, uh, hit some balls off the tee, do some weightlifting. So I think Cincinnati and their offense is going to power them into a second wild card position. So I like the Braves or the Brewers here, and this is where I came. This is what it came down to. I don't think three NL East teams can make the playoffs because of how yeah. tough it's going to be banging each other up. I like the Nationals a little bit better than the Braves. That's why I put them in the wild card spot. So I am going to take the Brewers as my second wild card. I think they're going to be able to play teams like the Pirates and win a lot of games there. Yeah, uh, they're going to play um, the, uh, Tigers, the Tigers. The Huh? The Royals, the Tigers. Royals, Tigers. There's a lot of wins there. Um, and I don't think necessarily the Cubs and Cardinals or Reds are going to be extremely good. I think that's going to be like a, a claw-out, drag-out type of division. I think you might see the division winner win like 30, 31, 32 games. Like yeah. it could be something real weird like that. I like the Brewers just because of Yelich. He's a great player. 
I think with him being healthy back, they're going to get off to a hot start. All right, who do, uh, before we, who do you think is going to win the most games in the NL this year? I'm going with the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers win the most games in the in the NL as well. How about in the AL? I'm going to go with the Astros. For me, I think the best. It's tough. These divisions are going to be so close. I think. Uh, I think it probably will be Houston. I mean, okay. you get to play Seattle and Texas a bunch. Yeah. Like I, I said, I already got the spin zone figured out. If the Dodgers don't make it to the playoffs or win the World Series, it was a shortened season. doesn't matter. Yeah. If they do, they've overcome the most adversity to win a championship. Let's do our NL over-unders quick. Let's bang through these. Dodgers 38. I'm going over. over. I'm going way over. I think they might be 45 and 15. Yep, I agree. I have the Dodgers going 46 and 14. Uh, on my ledger, so I'm going Dodgers over. Braves, 33 and a half. Uh, slightly over. I think they'll win 34 or 35 games. I think the Braves underachieve, and I think they go under. Nationals, 33. A little under. Can I change my pick? Yeah. It's your show. Yeah, that is a good point. I'm going to talk... I'm putting the Nationals back as my division winner and the Braves over uh, the Phillies are gonna get in. So I'm going that way. Alright. I can't I can't I can't I can't do the Phillies. I just can't look at Joe Girardi's face and like root for them. So I'm going the Braves still go under but only slightly. I think they win 32, 33 games they get in. Nationals I think go over slightly, like 35, 36 wins. Uh, the Cubs, 32 and a half. I mean, I took them to win the. I took them to win division, so I have to go over. That's I'm tough. Going, yeah, Thinking about the over under is tough, but I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going under. Reds thirty one and a half. I got to go over. Yeah, they're my wild card team. I have to go over there. Mets thirty one and a half. I mean, if I'm betting, right? If I'm going to be a betting man, I would take the Mets because I think they could surprise a lot of people. With our picks here, I can't go over. Yeah. So I'm gonna. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get rid of my picks. I'm gonna like er- erase my memory. If I was betting yeah. and I saw the Mets at 31 and a half, I would take the over on the Mets because I could root for them to get hot late, and I think they have the capability to win more than people think. So I would go slightly over with the Mets. They had post All Star break last year. I believe they they had the highest winning percentage. They came together late. They just barely missed the playoffs. I'm worried about not having Syndergaard. Porcello stinks. Waka stinks. But they'll be over they 500. I'm going to take the over. They'll be over 500. I don't know. The 32-33 will be slight over. Here would be my advice with the NL East. Take the Braves, Nationals, Phillies, and Mets. Bet them all over and hope you go three out of four. Hope And just yeah. hope that's the best division in baseball like I think it could be. And hope you go three out of four. I think yeah. that's the move with the division. Phillies, 31 and a half. Like, I would go over with over. that if I'm just looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals, 31 and a half. I don't think they're going to be that good this year for some reason. I think they're a little – I mean, they're one of the best franchises of all time. But last year it just seemed to me they weren't that good. They kind of got hot at the right time. Won that weird game in Atlanta to go to the NLCS. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go under 31 and a half. Yep. 
the Diamondbacks are at 31. I go way under. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be pretty bad. I don't understand that at all. I would load up on the under with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm going to take the under there as well. Um, it's going to be tough to win games there. I don't think they're better in San Diego. They're not better than the Dodgers. I'm also worried about them playing the AL West. They're going to get Houston, Oakland, and the Angels, so I'm going to go under there too. They also have to go to Colorado a bunch and play in Colorado, and the Diamondbacks don't have a good offense. Yeah. So I don't like that team at all going there. Uh, the Brewers at 30 and a half. I like the over. Slightly. I like the over. I'm go- Yeah, I'm going to go over there. I think with Yelich, they'll be over 500 in a short year. My second place NL West team, the Padres, at 30 and a half. I like the over there. I think the Padres might win 33 games, 33, 34 games. I'm going to go slightly under. I think they'll be a little under 500. They're also one of these trendy picks that I think I'm getting suckered into. Rockies, 27 and a half. They are not going to be good. They got Arenado, who's fed up there. But they don't have much outside of that. 27 and a half. I like the under with Colorado. I'm going to go under there as well. Uh, the Pirates at 25 and a half, I think, is is way under. I don't understand that line. I don't That's know how generous. Pirates. I don't know how the Pirates are going to win 26 games. Yeah, that's very generous. I'm going under there too. I think they're, I think they're a 21 win team. I mean, I'm looking at this team. I mean, their pitching staff is what could save them if they get guys that can pitch to their potential. You got Chris Archer. Joe Musgrove, Mitch Keller, Derek Holland, uh, Jamison Tallien. Those guys, Jamison Tayon, however you say his name, those guys are guys that have all had success in this league. It's yeah. just whether or not they want to do it again. Um, so, I mean, they could have a decent uh, rotation there. I mean, they got Josh Bell, who's a good player. But outside of that, man, it is not great looking. Uh, what is that number? 25 and a half, right? Well, I will say this. Out of the Marlins, Giants, Pirates, Rockies, the bottom four teams, I think the Pirates have a chance to go over 25 and a half. So I guess I would pick them if you're looking for somebody with value at the bottom of this shit sandwich. So I would go over. From a strictly betting gambling perspective, I'd go over just because if you need value, you're trying to hedge your bets with the three out of four overs in the East. Right. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think if you if you want to go from a strictly value perspective yeah. where you want to get good odds on a team, I think the Pirates might be that team. Giants 25. I think the Giants are going to be very, very, very bad. I go under. I'm with you. I think part of your under is spite because of your rivalry franchise. I I'll also them. say this. Letting your best pitcher walk, even if he is starting to get a little over the hill and bum gardener, I don't think that bodes well for the direction of your franchise. I think I'm going to take the under there, too. The Marlins, 24 and a half. Might be the trickiest one on this thing, because I think the Marlins are right around there. I don't think... I think the, I think the American League might be top-heavy, but the bottom of the American League, when you look at the Royals, Mariners, Tigers, and Orioles, they stink, okay? Yeah. They're really, really bad. The bottom of the NL, the Rockies, Pirates, Giants, and Marlins, isn't that bad a stink. I think the NL is going to be a more competitive league. Uh, I might see that number to me, 
24 and a half. You hear the Marlins, you think horrible, right? They want you to take the under. That's why I'm taking the over, and I think the NL East is good top to bottom, and the Marlins win 26 games. No team is more prepared to play in front of no one than mm. the Miami Marlins. Mm -hmm. And, dude, the other factor is that it's a short season. Yeah. Anything can happen, and that's what it scares me. When you have a team like the Dodgers, supposed to be stacked, it's 60 games. Anything could happen. Yeah. Literally anything. It might be fun, as long as your the, team makes it. The Marlins have a home field advantage of not having to play in front of anybody. It's like now in the NBA restart, they're playing in practice gyms. I've seen more footage of Carmelo Anthony the year he was out of the league taking shots in empty YMCA gyms. Mm -hmm. It's his wheelhouse. This is who he is now. So He's going to dominate. I think the Marlins, the Marlins are tough. I could be biased from NLE Sky. Having to play Philadelphia, Atlanta, the Mets, the Yankees, the Rays, and the Red Sox, I think it's going to be tough for them to get to 25. So I'm going to take the under. All right, I like that a lot. All right, uh, let's see. All right, let's do our wild card picks in the ALs. Wild card game. You have Indians versus Rays, and I have Rays versus White Sox. I am moving the Rays out to face the Astros in my bracket. My you are Rays-Indians, you got. I'm going to take the Rays as well. Okay, so you're going to have the Rays playing the Astros as well. Okay. Uh, then let's do, all right, let's do that series. Rays or Astros, who's going to the ALCS? I'm going to take the Rays. Me too. I like the Rays. Uh, then we have, you have Yankees, White Sox. I have to take the Yankees over the White Sox. Then I have Indians, Yankees. I'm going to take the Indians. I'm going to have a Rays, Indians, ALCS. You're going to have a Rays, Yankees. Let's hold off. Uh, all right, let's do our World Series pick, actually. Rays or Yankees? Who's going to the series? So, just a quick kicker here. ALCS champion Yankees are going off at plus 240 right now. Tampa Bay is going off on plus 900. Your two teams are Cleveland and the Rays as well. Cleveland and the Rays are both going off at plus 900. I think... I'm going to take the Yankees over the Rays. Last year was the first decade the Yankees hadn't been to the World Series since the 1930s. I believe 1930s or 1910s, something in that area. It had been a long time. I think they're going to make it back just in the sense that I feel there's always a clock striking midnight for these money ball teams. And I think for the Rays, it's going to be against the Yankees and the ALCS. All right. I'm going to go Rays. Uh, let's move on to the NL. So you got the Rays and you got, I, I'm taking the Rays. You're taking the Yanks. Yeah. I like that. All right. So your wild card pick, uh, wild card game in the NL. We have Nationals versus Reds in Washington. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Washington. I think that Cincinnati Reds team would be too young. I'm going to go in mine. I got the Braves hosting the Brewers. I got to take the Braves. I'm going Braves. Yeah. 
So you've got the Nationals playing the Dodgers. Uh, who do you got? Uh, the Dodgers. Good. Good choice. Uh, I've got the Braves playing the Dodgers. I like the Dodgers to win that series three games to one. Moving on to the NLCS. So hold on. Let me write all this down. Braves, Dodgers. Boom. Dodgers. Uh, in the other series, we've got the, for you, we've got the Braves versus the Cubs. Here, I, I think I'm going to take Chicago here. Some of that might be Braves spite, but I also think that this being a one last hurrah for this what's left of a Cubs championship team, I think would be enough to get them at least through to the NLCS. Alrighty, so you are moving the Cubbies out to face the Dodgers in the NLCS. I am going, hold on, let me write this, Braves. Alright. I'm going to go, uh, so you got Dodgers-Cubs. I'm going with the Reds against the Nationals. Who am I taking? Let's go with a little upset. I'm going Reds. Dodgers-Reds, old school 70s uh, National League playoff matchup here. I'm going to go Reds-Dodgers NLCS. You've got Dodgers-Cubs. Who you got? Uh, the Dodgers move past the Cubs there. They have too much. How many games? Six. I like the Dodgers over the Reds in five. So, All right. the NLCS odds there. Yeah, please. Cincinnati would be plus 2,200. The Dodgers are, if you played them today, plus 260. Easily the favorites. Uh, Atlanta's plus 600 here. And the other team there, the Cubbies are plus 1,100. So here we go. World Series pick, Michael. You have an old-school classic rivalry that everybody would love to see, Yankees-Dodgers. Who do you have winning the 2020 pandemic championship? This would be so good for baseball after Rob Manfred bungled the entire comeback. It made, it, I would love it. I think it would be so good for the sport. I wish nothing good happens to Rob Manfred. Because if something like this good thing happens, he's going to be absolved of a lot of pissing away the extra 20 or 30 games we should have had in a baseball season. But I think, I think the Dodgers would win this just because I think Mookie Betts is the kind of transcendent baseball player that takes a team that... NLCS World Series two years before that can get them over the hump. I think he's that kind of I think he's that good of a ball player that he can get this team that's been on the doorstep with a remarkably similar roster over. So how many games you got that going? Seven. Beauty. That would be a fun one. I would have a heart attack and you'd have to find a new podcast partner because that would kill me if I had to watch Yankees listen to all my dickhead Yankee fan friends um all right my pick I've got Rays versus Dodgers and I got the Dodgers winning it in I had it in seven I'm going six Dodgers in six first title since 88 
Uh, all right, those are our picks. Mike's got Yankees, Dodgers with the Dodgers winning it. I've got Rays, Dodgers, Dodgers winning it. We both have the Dodgers, so no chance the Dodgers win it. Um, that's just how that works. Uh, let's do MVP, and we're we're going along here with the interview. So let's wrap this up. Let's do our AL, NL, Cy Young MVP picks. I will give you mine first in the AL for the Cy Young. Unfortunately, I'm going Garrett Cole. He looks absolutely filthy. Uh, for the MVP in the AL, hmm, who am I going to take? 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 I'm going to go Tim Anderson is going to be the MVP of the American League. Uh, in the NL, I am going with... Uh, uh, Jacob DeGrom as the Cy Young Award winner. And my MVP is going to be Mookie Betts. So, for me, American League MVP, I'm going to take Gleyber Torres. I think he's going to hit a ton of home runs. I think the Yankees are going to win the most, uh, the second most games. Glamour franchise, they're going to be on TV all the time. Uh, the streak continues. Mike Trout finishes top three for... Another year, every year of his career, he's been top three. When it comes to NL MVP, I think it's Mookie Betts. He's the favorite, plus 285. I think he might even get all of the first place votes. I think he's going to have that kind of season. Um, if I had to guess second place, my only threat for Betts is if him and Bellinger split. But I don't know how much that's going to affect him. That's a good him. point. Soto, Soto is going to finish top three wherever he's at. When it comes to the American League Cy Young, I'm going to go with Grinky because I think the Astros win the most games. So Grinky's going to pitch. I think Verlander's at an age where he can't go every three days. So at the end of the season, if the Astros need to fight for seeding purposes, Grinky's going to be the guy going every three days. So I think Grinky could have a chance at 14, 15 starts in a 60-game year. I think he's going to be their guy on the best team. The NL, I think there's Jacob DeGrom fatigue, almost yeah. where they got sick of giving the MVP to Peyton Manning or Barry Bonds every year. So I'm actually going to go with, I think this year. Say Walker Bueller, it'll feel so good. I, I was leaning toward Walker Bueller. I'm also leaning toward uh, Trevor Bauer. Bauer's been very outspoken. He's a great interview. I think if he's close, he's close with a lot of journalists who vote. I think Bauer, that Reds team's going to surprise some people. I think he's got a very good chance there. I think DeGrom's probably going to be one of those guys who should have won it. It's so hard to win three in a row. Uh, yeah. He might end up being 2-1 and one with a 1-1 one, one ERA and not get it. So. I like that. I, I like that Trevor Bauer pick. Bauer's great odds at plus thirteen hundred too. So if you need a guy, uh, Castillo's plus a thousand, and then uh, Bueller's actually second at plus five hundred. Uh, if you're with scores, you'd think he's going to have a good year. Sonny Gray plus three thousand. So Cy Young's like going to be Cy Young's going to be tough. A one starters are going to get twelve to fourteen starts, maybe fifteen. So it's going to be whoever you think is going to be ahead of the curve. World Series MVP. 
Mookie Betts. If the Dodgers win, it's going to be Mookie Betts. If he pitches one and four or two and six, they'll give it to Kershaw if he wins both because they feel bad. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If Kershaw pitches in a, like, if Clayton Kershaw had a step on the mound against the Yankees in Game 7 of the World Series, I don't know what type of emotion <laughs> I would be feeling that morning when I had to wake up. It would uh, that would be that would be torture. I mean, I've told the story when I just sunk in my chair last year, like a puddle, like when the Wicked Witch gets the water thrown on her by Dorothy. <laughs> That's what I became. I just became like an amorphous blob on the floor watching the national. You were system. more puddle than man. A hundred percent. Like my <laughs> wife said, my I just like lost. I just like lost like all feeling. Like like it. It looked like my bones disappeared, and I became like you know like Elasto Man or something. Like I just <laughs> crumbled. So let's hope we don't have to get to that point. I'm going to take Walker Bueller as my World Series MVP. He's going to pitch. Two, he's going to pitch 15 innings in a six-game series and give up one run. That's MVP. Yeah. Um, so there it is. The Dodgers will be your 2020 World Series champs. That's from Mulraney and me, so you can't say it's a homer pick because we both did it. I think we both uh, had the Dodgers in the long season, too. We did, which is consistency. But... All is right in the world. Mookie Betts is a Dodger for the rest of his career. Betts, Bellinger, it is time to start a dynasty. You thought the dynasty, you thought when I was thinking that the Dodgers dynasty was happening and we couldn't get over the hump, oh, no, no. That was like an appetizer to the main course. You had like a little buffalo chicken dip, and now here comes an entire steak dinner. Here it comes. Because the Dodgers might win the next five world championships. This this could be huge. I think they're going to go 49-11 and 11 in the regular season. Maybe 53-7. and seven. That's where I'm in between. It's gone up from earlier in the show. 53-7 and seven would be cartoonish. It would be Warriors-esque. Well, I think that's where we're heading. <laughs> and then next year, in a 162-game season, I think they go 157-5. and five. The following year, they take a step back and go 149-13. and 13. <laughs> And uh, they win three world championships in a row. So, anything else you need to say, Mike? <laughs> uh, Mets just threw Marcus Stroman on the injured list. Uh, literally right now. So their starting rotation gets a little uglier. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I look forward to the Mets' sadness. I never yes. let the Mets gaslight me the way I let the Knicks do. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Mets. I feel good about the picks. I feel good about where we're at. Uh, so Procrastination Sports, MLB <laughs> Preview Show 2.0, like Season 2.0. That's it. Uh, I think check us out. Maybe we'll be Instagram live in tomorrow because of the excitement of having yep. opening day finally here. Uh, ProcrastinationSports.com. Check out the blog. You have my picks there. You can check out the blog. We'll have stuff. Sports are back. The blogging machine is coming back full force. We're back. So go check it out. ProcrastinationSports.com and on Spotify for the podcast. Anything else, Michael? Salon. Beautiful. We'll be back next week with an NBA preview show. But until then, get your baseball on. We're back.
Thanks, everybody.